You know, so if, if you're following the fun of where your work is taking, if you're pursuing what you're passionate about and interested in, then yes, it feels like work sometimes, but ultimately it, it doesn't feel like work. It's a joy. Hi, my name is Kara Myers and welcome to the Travel Business Lounge. Each week, I chat with women who have built incredible businesses in the travel and tourism industry. You'll hear their inspirational stories of success. We went from 2,000 a month to about 70, 72,000 a month um, in that span of, of nine years. And struggle. I wish that I could tell you that I pivoted really quickly and like jumped back on my feet and I, I did it. And what they learned along the way. Give yourself the grace of knowing that it's not going to happen overnight and you're going to make a ton of mistakes. And as long as you learn from them and move forward, that's okay. So grab a coffee, hit subscribe, and get ready to learn and feel inspired. Hello, hello. My name is Kara Myers, and this is episode 18 of the Travel Business Lounge the place where we celebrate and learn from female entrepreneurs in the travel industry. In today's episode, we are pulling back the curtain and taking a look inside one of Chicago's most highly rated tour companies. Inside Chicago Walking Tours was founded by Hilary Marzak, a solopreneur in 2015. After years of designing tours on behalf of other companies, she decided it was time to launch a business of her own where she could take guests inside some of Chicago's most beautiful buildings. In this episode, Hillary reveals some of the benefits and challenges of running her own tour company, what marketing strategies have worked the best, and which ones were potentially a waste of money, the reservation booking software that she absolutely swears by, and her strategy for growing her business and finding the best new guides. This is another great episode for anyone interested in starting their own tour company business, and it's also just an inspirational story of a woman who took on the massive challenge of starting a business on her own and who has succeeded in growing that business to become the number one tour on TripAdvisor. Lastly, before we dive into this episode, I just want to request, if you like the show, would you please consider subscribing or leaving a five-star review? It makes a huge difference and every little bit of support is very much appreciated. And now let's go inside with Hilary Marzak of Inside Chicago Walking Tours. Hey everyone, it's Kara again. Just wanted to say one last thing before we dive into the episode. I've started a Facebook group called the Travel Business Lounge, which is for travel and tour entrepreneurs looking to connect with one another. It's a new community and so numbers are small, but I'd really appreciate anyone willing to jump in and be part of this new community. Thanks for your consideration and back to the show. Welcome to the Travel Business Lounge. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm excited to chat with you. Me too. Thank you for having me. And you are the owner of the number one rated tour business in Chicago. Tell me about Inside Chicago Architecture Tours. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's something that I'm very proud of. I've been, my company, my small business, I started it in 2014. My background it was in doing boat tours in Chicago, which is probably the number one thing that people will do if they do any kind of tour in Chicago, they do a boat tour. And after doing that for a few years, I, I just kind of figured that it will only take you so far. And so I started a business called Inside Chicago Walking Tours. Literally the day that I left the boat tour company that I worked for, I went home, made my business name, 
pulled up Photoshop, made a logo, got a website. And, um, and I just decided I wanted to get people inside of buildings and at the very least get people up close to buildings, get people into kind of the, the real sort of real life functional daily workings of the city, as opposed to just cruising through it on the river. Okay. So you, so did you have this business idea sort of brewing whilst you were working at the boat tour company or what was the progression for that? It was, it was a little bit, yeah, I would say so. Growing up, I never did any kind of organized tours outside of maybe something with school. Uh, I come from a family, I have three siblings, two parents, you know, which at least by American standards nowadays is a fairly big family. So if we ever did any kind of traveling, we all did all the research on our own and then gave ourselves tours. So the idea of doing a professional paid tour was something I ne- it never even occurred to me. But that boat company that I had worked for, I worked for them for a few years. They're one of the major boat companies in Chicago. I worked for them for a few years as a tour guide. And then they created a full-time salaried position for me. They called it head of product development. And so the idea was to help them come up with other things that they might be able to offer their audience outside of boat tours. And so I came up with this idea of doing a part boat, part walking tour. And I created a whole system of those for them. Um, They ended up deciding eventually that they just wanted to stick to boats. And so then it was like, well, I know all this stuff now and there's kind of no going back and people never see these things. You know, they never get off of the boat or off of the bus or off of the Segway. You know, they always just stick to those vehicles and then they don't actually get to go inside these buildings and see these beautiful interiors. So yeah, I would say that kind of that sort of pushed me into wanting to show people more. Fantastic. Now you had some roots in mind. Did you start with just one tour or did you launch with a a range? When I, let's see, when I started back in Let's see. So it was 2000, late 2013 that I made the business name and started making my website. And then over the winter from 2013 to 2014, I made the website. I fleshed out my tours. I made relationships with all the management of these buildings, got business insurance, all that good stuff. And so in spring of 2014, I launched, I believe I had six tour routes and Because of my just kind of perfectionist nature, I was like, okay, well, I have to offer each one twice a week. There's no way around it. Each one has to have two times. And so for that, for for those first couple of years, I was doing all the tours myself. So that's 12 tours a week for six different routes. And, you know, it was a matter of building up a little bit of a brand recognition. Tourism is an overwhelmingly large industry in Chicago. There's so many options big box competition that has very powerful marketing. So, so it it took a few years to kind of build up that presence. So I was doing a lot of tours myself, a lot of really fun kind of like off the beaten path tours. So it's been sort of a, sort of a, a process of trial and error, figuring out how do I stay authentic to what I want to do and the products that I want to offer and what I, what what I would like to show people in Chicago and what is actually going to sell. You know, you're never going to see me and my company doing a tour that is all Al Capone and pizza, you know, because Chicago is infinitely more than that. <laughs> Even though that's the one that would sell, it's not for me. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's all about finding that balance of what is actually marketable, but what is something that you're interested in and passionate about as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the sweet spot. But I mean, 12 tours a week on your own, in addition to running every other aspect of the business, I I want I have so many questions to ask you about productivity. And we'll definitely get into that because that's, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> that's incredible. But what were some of the things that you took away that you learned in those first six months of business it must have been you talk about trial and error what were your what were you learning probably the first thing I mean the first thing that comes to mind and it might sound kind of cheesy but I think the the biggest thing that I noticed was that I mean I've always I've always liked whatever work I've had honestly I've had the 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 ultimate privilege in life to be able to really pursue things that I enjoy I was in academia I love teaching I hate grading papers (laughs) but to be in tourism, this is another form of teaching. And so when I was working for the boat company, yes, I got to have some say in what we taught, but it's, of course, part of a product line for another company. And so there were certain rules and whatnot. Whereas doing it on my own, I would say that first that first year, especially just getting that that one on one kind of feedback from guests that they we're really connecting with my tours that I created, you know, and, and I created the tours at the boat company as well. But like I said, there, there were certain parameters, you know, whereas doing it for myself, I could just, I could get as nerdy as I want. I could be as interactive as I wanted. Um, I could use humor as much as I wanted. It was just, I think, I, I think in those first, in that first year, even if I wasn't selling out every single tour, it was still uh, proof to me that work can be invigorating, even if it's exhausting, you know, that if you're following, if you're, you know, an improv comedy, we say you follow the fun of the scene, you know, so if, if you're following the fun of where your work is taking, if you're pursuing what you're passionate about and interested in, then yes, it feels like work sometimes, but ultimately it, it doesn't feel like work. It's a joy, you know? So I would say that that was kind of the biggest thing that I realized yeah. that first year. I love that. And I I mentioned right before we started recording, I worked as a tour guide for four years and it was exhausting, but it remains my favorite job that I've ever had. It was so rewarding, so much fun. The research part, meeting different people from all over the world. It was felt a bit like you're on vacation all the time just because you're meeting so many new people. Yes, absolutely. On vacation all the time. And then also as <laughs> as a Leo and a middle child, I have to admit, like I like when people are impressed that I know so much. <laughs> <laughs> so getting to see people have that reaction every day of like, wow, you're amazing. It's like, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely gratifying. How would you describe your tour style? Are you more funny, more nerdy? Is it differ? Does it differ by group, by tour? Yeah, I would say, generally speaking, my tours are, they're clearly very structured, but clearly a structure that I have created and that flows very naturally. I'm, I'm very informal, but I don't dumb things down. I think that I've always sort of had a knack for explaining difficult concepts in a graspable way and kind of reading my audience. You know, I actually take a lot of pride in the fact that, you know, like I do boat tours for another small business on Fridays and I'm actually doing a couple for them later today. It's fun to change that register from having a a walking tour of 15 people to a boatload of 200 people. 
And that boatload of people, there's going to be some people who are architecture aficionados, and there's going to be your Al Capone and pizza people. And there's going to be 90-year-olds and there's going to be six-year-olds. And so I really, I like that challenge of not dumbing things down, of kind of like teaching people more difficult and really interesting, like physical and scientific concepts. Like, for example, I talk about lateral loads on a building, you know, like when a strong wind pushes up against a building and I'll tell people there's all kinds, there's all kinds of ways that a building can uh, deal with that, can handle that, that stress. And so by the end of the tour, people kind of get a sense of it's not just a matter of, okay, this building's from 1990 designed by Perkins and Will. It's a postmodern building. First and foremost, you should ask yourselves, even without a professional tour guide, they're telling you, why is this particular one shaped that way? And, and it's never just to look cool. It's all about how it is handling those pressures, those forces against it. So it's, it's stuff like that. I like to... Um, I like to kind of nerd out about stuff like that, but I'm also, but I also, I do use a lot of humor as well. Like when I tell about Chicago's official birth as a city, March 4th, 1837, usually I'll add the joke, by the way, would make Chicago a Pisces and everybody likes that one. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like you've got the makings of, uh, in my mind, the ideal tour guide, because yes, I love humor. Yes, I love history, but the key is to be able to present information in an interesting and palatable way. So like you said, not dumbing it down, but just making it interesting. And you can always tell, I mean, even just talking with somebody, you know, in a regular conversation, you can tell when someone is forcing humor, you know? So if if I have a group of people, I might have a group of European businessmen from like Denmark or something who aren't necessarily going to want the humor that a mixed bag of Americans might want then I'm going to tone down that humor. I'll still be myself, but you know, you kind of change registers a bit depending on your audience. Yeah, absolutely. And and speaking of audience, how did you get guests booked on those first tours? What was your strategy at the start? Gosh, what did I do? Those first, those first few years, it was a lot of on the ground advertising. It was a lot of, I've, I've spent so much money those first few years on paper advertising and have realized over time that that we're really not in that world so much anymore. Paper as in flyers and newspaper ads? Yeah, like rat cards, brochures, things like that. Yes, people do pick those up, but chances are people are just looking on their phones on Yelp or TripAdvisor or something like that seeing what's nearby. It's, uh, although it also depends on what audience you're looking for, you know? I would say those first few years, it was not only just a matter of trial and error in terms of, should I spend thousands of dollars on these rat cards? And then I end up throwing half of them out at the end of the season. I also have to go and stack, you know, stock them everywhere in all these hotels. I'm on the ground introducing myself to concierge. I... And then my, my father actually joined me for a lot of that. So uh, it's funny, even to this day, sometimes concierge will be like, how's your dad? <laughs> so it was a lot of very like grassroots, small business kind of physical work, you know, carrying around massive loads of, of paper advertising is a lot, you know? In addition to making my website, maintaining my website, interfacing with uh, with my customers, all that. That is a lot of work. 
So yeah, let's talk a little bit about how you manage all of that because I have no idea. <laughs> it seems like so much. What's your approach to time management and balancing all those different hats? Ooh, I'm probably a bad person to ask about this because I tend to work in spurts. I would much rather pile up all my work in three days and then have three days of just coasting and watching reality TV or <laughs> going to a party or something like that. So the way that I work Actually, I would say that every day I do something for my business, whether it is working on my website or just administrative stuff, tax preparation, whatever it is, there's all kinds of administrative stuff that's behind the scenes. So I would say every day I have a little bit of that going on. When I'm actually in the process of either researching and creating a new tour or creating a training packet for a new tour, then I will get very tunnel visioned and I can spend like 72 hours straight, just totally nerding out. And, um, and I enjoy that, you know, but in terms of the logistics, the, the, how does all this work together? A big part of it, I would say is having the right, the right companies that you partner with in terms of making the, the function, the functionality of, of this business happen. So I think the first company that I worked with was called Zerve. Because I had, when I was a tour guide with another company before, they used Zerve. And so that was what I was familiar with. So I used them for a little bit. And then as a new tour business, boy, the vultures really sweep in. Everybody's calling me, hey, try our ticketing system, try our ticketing system. So I tried out a couple other ones that were just disasters. And that was a lot of, a, that was a big headache for a few years there. And then a few years ago, I settled on what I have now, which is called Fair Harbor. And they've been really good. Their, their system is, is pretty intuitive. They're extremely responsive in terms of helping me to set things up. So that has made my work a lot easier. Great. And are you, are you listed on any OTAs like Viator or Airbnb experiences? Yep. Yep. Actually, my company was the first one to offer an architecture themed Airbnb experience for Chicago. I think that's one of my one of my prouder businesswoman moments because I don't really think of myself. Honestly, I don't think of myself as a businesswoman. I think of myself as a teacher and a creative mind. You know, if I could have somebody else doing all the business stuff and I could just make tours all the time, I would do that. But I, I do also like the businessy aspect of it. But I saw that Airbnb experiences was running in other cities and they weren't running in Chicago yet. This was a few years ago. And so I contacted them and I said, I'm assuming you guys are going to come to Chicago. Uh, I want to be your architecture experience. And so that first year that they opened up experiences in Chicago, I had a huge boost in sales because so much of it came from Airbnb experiences. Well, then by the next year, all the other tour companies got hip to that, including the big ones that really shouldn't be on Airbnb experiences, in my opinion. I think that should be more of a small business to business, business to people kind of relationship. Yeah, Airbnb experiences, Viator. I sell I sell quite a few tickets through Viator, which is linked up to TripAdvisor, of course, because uh, my business is number one out of I think it's 368 tours in Chicago now on TripAdvisor. So that brings some business. They also take a, a good chunk of commission, but but it brings business. And then there's other things like sometimes Expedia. In the past, I've done Groupon. You know, for exposure, I did Groupon for the first several years. You know, you're not making money when you offer a Groupon. It's all for exposure. I've tried out things like Eventbrite, Get Your Guide, 
Yeah, there, there's a few actually that if I had a regular running schedule all the time that was not impacted by a pandemic, I would probably list a lot more of them in more OTAs. And would you say that's a, a big part of your marketing strategy today now that you've moved away from paper, for example, or what other marketing tactics have you used successfully in the last, in recent years? I think probably the biggest thing is SEO because I'm, I'm by far not any kind of marketing guru. For better or worse, I'm very reluctant to pay another business to do marketing for me. And and a lot of people have offered, you know, a lot of companies have swooped in, the vultures swoop in and say, we can make, we can put you in front of 300,000 people. And I'm like, great, sign me up, here's money. And then nothing comes of it. And so over the years, I just kind of figured, all right, this is another thing I'm going to put into my daily tasks. You know, I researched about SEO. I, I build my own website, which of course nowadays website builders have the SEO kind of more built into them than before. Even just in the last like five years, that has gotten so much better. So I think that marketing wise, people stumble upon my business, not because of any active marketing that I'm really doing, but because of SEO and because of third-party exposure, like through TripAdvisor. When you're designing a tour, do you design it with certain keywords in mind? Like, that, does that inspire in, in a way how the tour, what type of tours you're going to put out there? Or does the SEO always come after you've designed the tours? I would say the SEO comes after. Um, certainly naming my business in the first place. Um, I, I called it Inside Chicago Walking Tours, number one, because I wanted there to be that understanding we go inside places you know like first and foremost that's a big differentiating factor between my tours and a lot of other tours especially between my tours and tours that involve vehicles of some Mm -hmm. kind but then the chicago walking tours part of that i mean if that's if literally your product is in the name of your business that's obviously going to be good for seo purposes so, um, so yeah, that was definitely something that I thought of when I was naming my business. Um, it's something that I think of when I'm um, listing tours on third-party websites. Like I might have, I have a tour, for example, I tend to name all my tours in kind of an academic way. That's from my days as an academic. Um, it'll always be title, colon, secondary title. You know, so it'll be the world within, colon, dazzling interiors of the loop, right? And this new one that I just made, that's a 1920s themed architecture tour. So we do art deco, we talk about gangsters and prohibition and stuff like that, but it's mainly about the architecture. Uh, It's called Deco and Decadence, colon, the 1920s Chicago tour. Well, if I put Deco and Decadence on Viator, that doesn't really necessarily say what it is. And so on Viator, I might switch around that title and call it 1920s Chicago walking tour, colon, art deco gangsters and whatever. Right. So you're you're kind of curating it depending on where it's being listed to, to try and get the most bookings in. Yep, definitely. And so do you have a team of guides working for you at the moment? I do. Yeah. I have uh, one guide who has worked with me for the past few years um, and, uh, and he's great. I have... Uh, one woman who just started working with me this year and, and she's been fantastic. I have a, another guy that there, there's sort of this little community 
of us that we've all worked for different companies all, all around Chicago, different tour companies. So we all kind of bring our own little backgrounds. Um, so one woman that I hired this year, for example, she has experience giving kind of food tours in Chicago. And so she is doing a tour that is a two neighborhoods tour this year that sort of compares, it's not a food tasting tour, but it sort of compares the culture and cuisines of two very different neighborhoods. And, uh, and I actually just hired somebody just a couple of days ago, and she's going to be coming on my tour on Friday morning to see what it's like and see what she'll be doing. She had been on a boat tour of mine a few weeks ago. And at the end, it was very flattering. She came up to me and she she was just like gushing. She's like, I am so inspired. This is what I want to do. How do I do what you do? How do I work for you? And I said, okay, contact me through my website. So we got in touch and that's the kind of person that I want to have working for me. Not somebody who's doing it because they want a paycheck, somebody who's doing it because they really love the material and they love to teach people. That's really sweet. And that's the best way to connect with people. How did you find your other guides that you've worked with for the last few years? So usually people will contact me. Every once in a while, I'll get somebody who comes on a tour. Like last year, I had someone come on a tour in the spring and he was a, uh, an early retired businessman in Chicago, a business teacher, uh, but also like a very gregarious kind of fun person. And he contacted me after my tour. We ended up getting to be very good friends and he wanted to work as a tour guide, but it's the kind of thing that you don't necessarily think to do, you know, like I had never thought to do it. And so, um, so yeah, usually people will contact me and ask me if I, if I'm hiring, you know, and usually I'll say, well, you know, depending on the time of the year, send me your information and, and we can chat. And at the very least I can keep your information on file or when, you know, there might be a busier point in the season. What does the training process look like? Because obviously this business you've built up from the ground, it's your baby. So you want to make sure that it's, you know, remains in the high regard that it's developed. How do you, how do you train people to be to that standard? It is very nerve wracking <laughs> to, I guess it's, I guess it's how people feel when they send their child off to the first day of school, <laughs> you know? Like, don't break it. Don't break her, you know, and that's how I feel. I'm sending somebody out with my tour. So I have, it's not a script. It's, it's like a, a training packet that I'll make for each one of my tours where it explains, it has all the content about the stops. I'm not teaching anybody like completely cold though. Like everyone that I hire has some kind of background that is conducive to what we're doing. You know, even this newest person She's new to Chicago, so she doesn't necessarily know the content, but she has tons of experience in theater and teaching. And so that already, like I say, I can teach content. I can't teach personality and audience engagement. I have um, training packets that I make for content. I'll give all kinds of just kind of functional tips about like, you know, keep in mind for this point, you probably want to stand over here because the sun's in your eyes this way and da, 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 whatever it is, like all these things that I've figured out just from doing these tours. And then what we'll usually do is I'll have them take a tour with me. I'll do the tour first so they could see how ideally this product should go. You know, like this is, I'm the one who created it. This is how it goes. But I really like for people to bring their own sort of personality and flavor to it. So my training packets will have, let's say, 75% content that 
I'm teaching you and that I want you to teach people, but then 25% is kind of optional. Like if this particular historical point really interests you, then teach about it. You know, if there's something else that you discover along the way, that's not in the training packet, run it by me and totally teach about it. You know, I want people to love what they're teaching about because that will be communicated to their audience. Absolutely. I think it's, I mean, I really enjoyed when I was a tour guide, having that freedom to focus on the things that I was really interested in. And I think, like you said, it comes across when you're speaking with guests about things that you're passionate about. Oh yeah. Do you monitor your guides once you've hired them or are you just checking to see if their reviews are up to standard? Um, I do both, you know, when they're first going out, um, what I usually do is I, it's, I kind of use training wheels. Like I'm the training wheels or one of my other guides who already does the tour route is training wheels. Um, so the new guide will, you know, first do a couple of walk alongs to see what the tour looks like. Then they will do kind of like half the tour on their own with one of us there, one of us who already does the tour there to, fill in or maybe like switch off, like you do this stop, I'll do the next stop and just help with crowd control. And then after doing that for a couple of times, they run it on their own and I go along or I have one of my guides go along to make sure that it is up to stuff and take copious notes. And then after a little while, usually what I'll do is as long as there's no egregious problems, I will let that person kind of establish their sea legs in doing their tour, their tour legs, so that when I do go along then and watch them do it again, they're not super nervous. They feel like it's their own a little bit more and I can see really how they do it. And I'm hiring people based on what I see in the future of them. You know, I'm, I'm imagining when I hire somebody like this newest girl, I'm not thinking of her in those first few days of training. I'm thinking of her once she's completely comfortable, how, how great of a, a tour guide she's going to be and she will be. Do you come up with those predictions just based on one, their background? Like you said, in this case, she had teaching and theater experience and then also just personality. Are those the two keys? I would say that and um, an eagerness, you know, eagerness to... I've, I've had, I've had a few people, in fact, this, this newest woman and another woman that I hired this year, um, the two of them, especially they, uh, they came to me and were just so eager to do what I do. You know, that eagerness is going to make for a good tour guide because they'll be able to take feedback take criticism. They'll be able to, um, I can trust them to study the material and then go beyond the material, you know, because they're actually very interested in this stuff. It's not just some kind of seasonal job where you're regurgitating a script, which is what a lot of, you know, it is seasonal work for the most part. And so a lot of like the bigger companies or like volunteer ones, things like that, you know, people mean well, but they're not necessarily the best people to be tour guides. And do you have much guide turnover? And if you don't, what, what would you say is the reason for that? I would say that I don't. I mean, I, I, I really only have like maybe just a few people working with me every year. I keep my staff relatively small because, um, you know, I'm not offering 10 tours a day every day, you know, and I would rather that I have a smaller staff that I can give more hours and income to um, and that... I can be loyal to and they can be loyal to me. I, I think that 
the pay that I offer is fair. I'm also strict with myself about being uh, a good boss. Like if I'm accidentally a couple of days late on making their payment, I will toss in a little bit of a bonus like, hey, that was my bad. Or like, you know, having a little Christmas party at the end of the at the end of the season. I think that it feels very clearly like a small business, you know, where we can all like we hang out together. We'll like rent a little just a couple weeks ago, one of my guides, uh, actually two of my guides were like, let's rent a little electric boat and get some beers and go around the Chicago River a little bit on a gorgeous night. So we did. So I think that um, rather than feeling like just like a cog in, in the machine, the profit machine for tourism in Chicago, this feels very much like a very personal little sort of family where it's like, we're all very good at what we do and we are impacting people's experience of one of the best cities in the world, you know, and that's a very meaningful work to have. So I think that for that reason, there isn't much turnover. If there is ever turnover, it's really because people move away or they get some kind of full-time job because they need full-time job insurance, something like that. But it's never because they don't enjoy the work. Yeah. And that's understandable. But I think like what you mentioned of getting together, forming those bonds, it's so important, especially in the tour guiding space, because it's such, it can be such a lonely job because you're out there on your own leading these tours. So to make sure that they're still, you're still forming a connection with your other guides outside of office hours, so to speak, yeah. is, is really important. Yeah, definitely. And it's fun. And it's really fun. <laughs> There's a selfish motivation there too. <laughs> you make a great trivia team if you ever go for a, a pub trivia game. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. We were all kind of nerding out the other week when we went on that little electric boat ride. We had one person brought three friends who were not tour guides. So it was like three tour guides and then three non-tour guides. And the three tour guides, we were just nerding out about everything. <laughs> we're like, aren't you guys lucky? <laughs> well, thank you so much, Hillary. It's been a real pleasure to get to know you a bit more, get to know your business. There are listeners out there who want to learn even more, maybe book a tour with you. Where is the best place for them to find you? So it is, uh, it's a long URL, but it's just the name of my business. So it is InsideChicagoWalkingTours.com. Perfect. And you're on some social platforms as well? Yep. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I do have a pretty cool Instagram. I, I like that one. I try and be good about that, but <laughs> at the very least, it's got some cool pictures on there. <laughs> Great. Well, I've got some friends in Chicago and one who had a baby recently, so I really need to get there. So hopefully when I do, I can take a tour with you. Yeah, absolutely. Hit me up when you're here. I'll show you around. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you again. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for having me so much.